Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we are talking about all things diet, as in what diet to do. There's so many to choose from. It's hard to know. There's like paleo, keto, high protein, low protein, low carb, high carb. Ah, the list goes on, doesn't it, Dan? And it's hard to know which one to do for the best. Yeah, and that presents a big problem because in health and fitness, diet is such an important part of being healthy and especially in like body recomposition. If you're trying to change from being overweight to losing weight, diet is where you're going to get most of the results. And there's so many different diets out there. It can be confusing and overwhelming. And that's probably why people fall off the wagon because they just don't know what to do. There's too much information. So it becomes paralysis by analysis, doesn't it? So yeah, so we're going to try and explain them all and maybe give you some ideas for which one's best for you and maybe just clear up some of the ones you've heard of, but not know what they are and just kind of cut through all the crap. Yeah. It just reminded me there of the quote in Bridget Jones's diary where she says, I'm, I'm currently doing the high protein, the high carbohydrate and the high fat diet. So it just means I can eat anything. <laughs> yeah. But there's it's, always new ones coming out as well, isn't there? So oh. this, this episode's going to be like a, a good companion to our a fads episode, episode 37, where we did health, uh, health and fitness fads, which included like exercise programs and stuff as well. But there's always new juice cleansers or cabbage soup diet or only eat on Thursday afternoon diets. They just they just come out all the time. It's just marketers trying to make money off you. And these diet fads never work because they're too restrictive. There's not enough variety of foods and there's like nutrient deficiencies. It's just not realistic. And everyone has different biology. So it might work for you, but it might not work for me. So just becoming more intuitive with what you eat and figure out something that you can do long term is the best plan. Yeah, and it's so compelling though, isn't it? When you see someone in the street and they look fab and you haven't seen them for ages and then you go, oh, you look great. And like, yeah, I've been doing the such and such diet and it's and it's so good and yeah, I can eat anything and I don't feel like I'm on a diet. Do you hear that all the time? I don't feel like I'm on a diet. <laughs> yeah, and but like, yeah, the, the trouble is it, they might have just landed on the perfect diet for them. Yeah, exactly. They've got different genetics, the the body, the metabolism works different. So you might try the same thing and you might gain weight. So like most of the diets do have common, uh, like a common thread. They obviously all involve eliminating things like processed foods and sugars, you know, like the the general stuff. But then they they do vary from like keto to flexitarian to, yeah, some stupid ones out there as well. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try and clear them all up a little bit. Okay. Well, let's get cracking then, Dan. So you choose which one to go with first. Right. So we'll start with the one that's been kind of trending the most the last couple of years, which is the ketogenic diet or the keto diet. So this is a low carbohydrate, high fat diet. We've actually spoke about doing an episode, which we're going to do on the term fat, because it can be very confusing. Body fat and dietary fat are totally different things. There's no correlation between high fat diet and a high body fat percentage so that's the first thing i would say to to people who are going to maybe try a keto diet just because it's high fat doesn't mean it's going to be high body fat the food industry has conned a lot of people over the years with 
zero percent fat trouble is body fat goes up when you tend to eat a lot of those products because they take the fat out and they put sugar in don't they Mm. so yeah so the ketogenic low carb high fat it's kind of similar to the atkins diet which was popular was it when maybe 90s early 2000s things that epilepsy and diabetics things that the ketogenic diet has proven to help those conditions so it has a bit of a medical background as well it's not just kind of the the fitness industry trying to make money although (laughs) you have done that as well with with products (laughs) but there actually is a bit of a medical background as well um, because obviously with diabetics, they have problems with insulin and, and blood sugar regulation, and it's a lot of carbohydrates will, will be the most common cause of that. So if you cut the carbs down and increase the fat and protein, that's obviously going to have a direct effect. But there's a, a few kind of common problems you hear with the keto diet with long-term people who have a sweet tooth are really going to struggle because the, the low carbohydrate, low sugars. So again, probably will be a good diet for some people, but for most people, we all like it some sweet foods now and again and long-term keto diets probably going to leave you craving sweet stuff out there yeah so the keto diet yes this is a typical example of a a diet that is really good for a certain population of people that then just got picked up by the rest of the world in the fitness industry and said look at this this is amazing without any actual research as to whether it affects you or how it affects you um so yeah so as you said it's very good for epilepsy in children and that's where it started from um because the brain's main source of fuel is um glucose and to switch to ketones which is what the ketogenic diet is it's using ketones to fuel the brain um is really good for they found that with combinations of the the epilepsy medicine and variations on a diet that they could it really benefited um, epileptic children. But as a byproduct of that, you know, like the mothers and fathers of those children would be doing the diet as well, along with them probably, and they start to lose weight. So that, that's how it got put through. But in women in particular, there is no evidence that this is actually beneficial. Um, there's only slight evidence that it will improve performance well I don't think there's any evidence that will improve performance and over a long term it doesn't really compete against any other diets as in being the best one um what you'll hear a lot of people on the ketogenic diet say is that oh it's really you have to turn I've heard people say this oh you have to keep going on to it until you become a fat oxidizer which means that you start to metabolize fat for energy which is this whole like idea of the ketogenic diet. But women are already fat oxidizers in the first phase of their hormonal cycle because as estrogen rises, it doesn't let you access carbohydrate easily. So women are already fat oxidizers. So that's kind of a bit of a mute point anyway. So, and it's again, it's just one of those things that's trendy. It might work for you. It probably will. It's, I, I quite like a ketogenic diet. It's kind of my natural way of eating. And this, again, it's cutting out processed foods, which is uh, a big thing. It's cutting out sugars, cutting out carbohydrates. So you're going to lose fat anyway, aren't you? Just because of the calorie deficit. Yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest point from most of these diets. That's where they're going to get most, the most bang for the buck. It's not the fact that you're on a keto diet or a paleo diet. It's the fact that if you're going from eating crap to eating just general healthy foods, <laughs> yeah. that's where the that's where it's going to come from. So if you already eat really clean and you eat healthy food, jumping from keto to paleo 
to something else, you probably won't see that much difference if you're already eating healthy. But it's if you're going from a really poor diet to just eating clean, healthy, whole foods, that's where you're getting the most results from, isn't it? Yeah. And also um, in keto diet, you're cutting out a big section of your um, food groups, like the carbohydrates, which your body actually needs. So um, it's not great to cut out a whole section. So it's quite restrictive as well. Yeah, that's again, that's another common thread with most diets. It's they become restrictive. So yeah, so keto, you're eliminating pretty much all complex carbohydrates. If you go vegan, you're cutting out all meat. So that's where the long-term sustainability, that's where it takes a hit because we'll, we'll just get bored of the same foods. Yeah. So, and yeah, um, if you're, it has to be realistic. It, yeah. And if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, you're going to have a really hard time on the keto diet because it's that whole protein and fat thing, which is really hard to get in a vegetarian diet. Yeah, I've never really heard of any keto vegans. That's a very <laughs> niche group, I would say. <laughs> Maybe some, some are listening that will say, yeah, I'm successfully yeah. doing a keto diet as a vegan. But <laughs> if you're vegetarian, like we'll talk about, are we going to talk about vegetarian diets as well? Yeah, we talk about vegan and veggies, um, yeah. I think it's really, unless you really know what you're doing with the food, it's hard to get that combination of fat and protein as, as a vegetarian. Don't you, don't you find that? Well, I think with a, a vegetarian, they could probably eat a lot of eggs and cheese, things like that. But then with a vegan, then to be honest, I don't know how they do it. I've never done it myself, but some some people thrive on it. But I would suggest long term, more people would suffer detrimental health effects in the long term because of that lack of like, kind of animal products and their healthy fats. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Like with vegetarians, yes, you can eat eggs and nuts and seeds. But again, you've really got to get that combination right, haven't you? Isn't it rice and something else? Like a, a pie, rice and peas, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> rice and peas to get the um, right combination of protein and all the other nutrients that you're getting into your body. You know, I just can't imagine being like a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people do it for the for not necessarily the health reasons. They do it for either religious reasons or the fact that they love animals and they, they kind of have a strong message behind them with regards to kind of commercial meat and yeah. like the way most meat kind of in supermarkets the way the animals are raised and treated that's kind of where that's the good message behind them and they, they do it for those reasons but they're doing it and then they're, they're starting to get detrimental health effects then maybe they should reintroduce some like wild caught meat or learn to hunt and you know what I mean that's that's probably bridge the gap a little bit to make them healthier <laughs> to hunt yeah. the vegan hunters there's another niche group. But, yeah <laughs> but, um, the vegan keto and the vegan hunters vegan hunters, <laughs> the vegan hunters could go and hunt out a, a nut in the trees <laughs> but, um, but one of the things I often hear people saying who are vegans is like they want to do it for the environmental reasons and um, mm. You know, when you think about where soy comes from for tofu and all of that, that has done like a lot of miles, isn't it? Mexico and South America, that all of that, that stuff gets grown. So if you actually eat like local meat, there's nothing more, I think, environmentally friendly than a cow in a field. <laughs> that, this is just a sideline, right, Dan? You know how they're saying like cows are what are increasing um, O2 emissions, CO2 emissions. Yeah. 
what happened with dinosaurs? Surely they were doing much more CO2 emissions than, than cows. Yeah, but they all drove hybrids. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder that. Like, dinosaurs were massive. They must have been putting a lot of CO2 in. in and there was loads of volcanoes and things around in that time as well. So anyway, that's the sideline. Yeah, there, there, there was no one there to question them, was there? So, so anyway... Well, I guess what they're saying is like it's the mass breeding of cows. But when you're talking about in um, England, local farmers and stuff like that, they're looking after their animals, aren't they? So. Oh, yeah. It's it's when they talk about like in America where they have these cattle ranches, which are like 10 miles squared, and they have a billion cows on there, and they all yeah. get shred like crap. You know what I mean? I do agree with all that. But I I'm do a bit as of a well, yeah. Because I still buy meat from the supermarket now and again. I try to go to the butchers a lot and I buy organic online, but... Yeah, it's it's kind of realistic as well. Like you're gonna have some commercial meat out here once, like now and again. I never buy any meat from anywhere else apart from our butcher, who has a sign up saying where the cows came from, which farm, and they're all within like ten miles of the village. Yeah, that's really good. That's what people should do, and it supports yeah. local business as well. Exactly. Right. Sorry, we've digressed as yeah. usual. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll move on to the the next diet. We've done keto. So another trend the last couple of years is called flexitarian. So this is a weird one, I think. And flexitarian stands for flexible vegetarian. So they're kind of going against their own morals. It's people who are vegetarian like 90% of the time, but then occasionally they'll eat animal products like meat. So kind of goes against your morals, but it's probably healthier than being a vegetarian all the time because you Mm -hmm. are getting some, especially if you're eating healthy animals, you're getting the benefits of that into your diet. But yeah, it's become more and more popular the last few years, kind of along with veganism. Um, and it's led to sales in, you know, these kind of plant-based meats like corn and beyond mm. meat. That's kind of, there's grown popularity in those kind of products. And this, this is one of the diets which a lot of people eat. So they, they like the taste and the texture of meat, but they don't want to eat it. So they have a corn burger instead or, you know, vegetarians, yeah. things like that. See, I don't get that at all. If you're going to be a vegetarian, why have a sausage? A sausage or a burger are meat products. I so, think it's because you're conditioned. Say if you're 30-year-old and you start this diet, you probably might have eaten sausages the last 30 years. So you're conditioned to like to just know what that food is. And yeah. like a burger, you can put it in a bun, you can put lettuce in. It's probably just the, it doesn't take as much creativity, does it? I'm not convinced. I just don't get how, if you're going to be a vegetarian, you want to eat a sausage. (laughs) (laughs) I know know where you're coming from, yeah. (laughs) And also, right, one night, so we had this, I've got this cookbook, right, and it was had, it looked lovely, and it was a cauliflower steak, right? So you do, basically, you cut your cauliflower, so it's like a big chunk like a steak, and you season it and all this. It wasn't a steak. I was no, no, just it's not the same, yearning yeah. for a steak, like because the thought had gone into my head that it was a steak. Yeah, well, that's why they, that's why they do because <laughs> it's a good it's a good marketing technique because you associate the word steak or the word burger or sausage with that taste and that food. So mm. if you're trying to convert people to move into buying these vegan products, there's already a market there for sausages and steak and burgers. So they're just tagging onto that. If they made a new word for them, which no one understood, they probably wouldn't sell as many. Because that association's already there. That's what I would imagine they do it for. And it, and it works. Yeah. Well, it didn't work for me because I'll never have it again. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. Okay. So that's flexitarian. I can kind of get that one. Yeah. That's that's okay. Next up, these ones are as old as time. So Weight Watchers and Slimming World. Most yeah. people probably know about these. There's pros and cons to them both. They get a bit of a bad rap, I would say, more than anything, especially from people who are in the health and fitness industry. They do have some pros, like it's there's a lot of accountability. There's there's normally quite a lot of variety of foods you can eat, and they do promote exercise. They're not very restrictive. But the, the downsides come at um, that there's, there's too much freedom, I would say, and it's very tempting to kind of save up all your points or your sins, whatever they call them, and have a bottle of wine and a slice of pizza on a night. But it still fits in with your, with your allowance. That doesn't really make sense. That's not proper nutrition. Do you know what I mean? And there's not much portion control either. I think it's in Slimming World where pasta, rice and potatoes are on the free foods list. So you can have as much of them as you want. There's no portion control on those. But if you just had like a massive bowl of pasta twice every day for seven days a week, and then, but that's a free food. It doesn't count towards your sins or whatever. You're probably going to put on weight because that's a lot of carbohydrates. But mm. technically, in, in that system, it would be healthy. So that's where the downfall comes. It doesn't teach actual proper nutrition. It's all like points-based systems. Yeah, here's my my beef on that whole Weight Watchers and Slim and Well thing. I think they've got a good thing with accountability going on. That, that's good. Um, but it's this whole, you can't eat an avocado, but you can eat two curly whirlies and a bag of Monster Munch. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, exactly, that it's yeah. promoting more bad food rather than good food because they've got that whole anti-fat thing going on. Like the other day, I was watching this advert for Greek yogurt. It's on the telly at the minute for a famous type of yogurt. Can't remember what it is. And they're going on about they're not implying that you'd lose weight. Well, they are implying that you lose weight. They're not saying it outright, but everyone's got washboard abs yeah. and stuff, you know. And then it's got fat-free, so zero fat no added sugar so be careful when you see things like this because no added sugar okay they haven't added any sugar but if you actually look at how much sugar's in it there's a heck of a lot of sugar in one of those yog yogurts are one of the worst things we're having sugar in actually fat-free yogurts in particular because they fill up with chemicals and stuff so if you actually look at what it what the ingredients are it's high sugar diet really i think the weight watcher stuff and then they say that you've got to eat their i don't know flapjack for 10 sins or something like that you know and it's it's not really telling you what the real food is and it's kind of promoting more processed stuff really i think yeah well they, they do it they give biased information to sell their own products as well don't they i mean yeah. all, all marketers do that kellogg's were the first people to do it weren't they back in the, the 40s or 50s kellogg's because they're like a grain-based company and they sell cereal that's where the whole high cholesterol stop eating eggs and bacon for breakfast because you'll get heart disease eat grains instead and they just yeah, put bias they paid scientists to put bogus research out there didn't they so but there's a direct correlation between people eating grains and cereal for breakfast and the the rates of obesity and diabetes going up there's a direct correlation but because they were on the telly and they, they'd paid scientists to, to put out fake information people just believed it and you can't really blame them that way can you but the evidence suggests otherwise that it's totally opposite you know what conflicts were originally for just, Come on. <laughs> so Dr. Kellogg yeah. was in Victorian times, I think. Um, so he, Victorians didn't like the thought of masturbation and boys masturbating. So they thought that um, having a diet of very plain foods would deter them, like stop their minds from 
thinking wild thoughts. So I, that's I thought why you, I, can't I thought you were going to say <laughs> if they got caught masturbating, the punishment was they had to eat a bowl of cornflakes <laughs> that they tasted that bad. That was the punishment, which would also work. <laughs> well, it probably was. That's why they did it. They yeah. thought that eating plain food would stop the mind from straying. No, it probably did. It probably did the opposite. They were probably so bored. <laughs> he probably masturbated more. <laughs> so all the food was so bland. So yeah, the next time you have cornflakes, just remember that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, Weight Watchers, good accountability, getting people back every week, getting them weird. I don't know, I was certain about that whole weighing people in front of each other and societal shaming kind of thing that goes on. Sometimes, you know, you see like um, after the Weight Watchers meetings, the queue outside the fish shop because everyone <laughs> saved their, their points up. So Oh, they're so depressed that they've weighed extra. They just yeah. right, I'm giving up. <laughs> see, that yeah. would like... I'm not good for things like that if I like public shame and kind of stuff. Mm. Like it, it probably me... works for some people though, because they think, right, yeah. I'm gonna wear myself in front of twenty other friends, then I'm gonna stick to my diet. So yeah. I've got a few clients who've lost a heck of a lot of weight well, of on course, yeah. weight watchers and some yeah. The problem is once they've done that, because the um the diet the, the techniques that you use to lose the weight are not the same as the techniques you lose you you have to keep the weight off or to build muscle. Yeah. But trying to convert them is like trying to convert a Catholic to Jewish. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got to still cling to it because that's that's been the saviour, hasn't it? So you yeah. can kind of understand the... It'll oh, have like a lot, totally. They'll hold it like quite significantly, yeah? So really what you should do is they probably, if you're overweight and you need to lose quite a bit of weight, it probably will work. But yeah, try and think. But when you go into it, try and think of it as maybe a transition period of maybe six months to then once you've lost the weight right now, move away from that and try and develop like a long-term healthy diet. But that that might mean doing it by yourself and there's no one telling you what to do, which mm. creates some problems, but you have to be an individual in the end, don't you? Yeah. Right. Cool. So next up, this is another new one, especially the last year. So this is the immune system boosting diet. Okay. I've never heard of this one. Combat COVID diet. It's not actually a diet that you follow. It's just really, it's all this fear and hysteria surrounding COVID. It's made people be more health conscious, which is kind of good to some degree. Mm-hmm. So there's just been a lot more marketing around the whole superfoods, immune boosting foods. And like they're very trendy at the moment, like multivitamin sales are through the roof. So people are just trying to jump onto these certain, just particular foods that they think they're going to eat. If they have a handful of goji berries every morning, that's going to combat COVID, but you know what I mean? They, they still have the bottle of wine on a night and they don't do any exercise. You don't need it. These magic pills, you just need to have a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle in general, and that will keep your immune system healthy. We spoke about the immune system a lot in episode five. We did a whole episode on it, so it's good to go back to that and it's still all relevant and it always will be. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they say, I read a doctor saying any food, well, apart from like chips and things, is a superfood. like any whole food that you can say because like we've often said before you know taking a vitamin c pill or eating an orange with a vitamin c pill you're just getting that vitamin c you're not getting all the other stuff the fiber and the thing that helps you and often it's that other stuff that helps your body absorb it and it's all the other benefits of the thing as well so i think it's yeah it's hard to isolate just something that would affect your immune system apart from vitamin d which is proven to isn't it think of vitamins as maybe this the last couple of percent of your diet if you're eating 
a really healthy, clean diet which suits you, you're going to have like 98, 99% things covered anyway. So yeah. those last little deficiencies, maybe you might get it from a high quality multivitamin, but I wouldn't worry about it. I want to drop you in a quote from Lee Brandon, which we had on oh, as yeah. our, our guest. And he's one of our teachers. Um, it was episode 11 he was on. If people want to go back to that, it was a really interesting one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was a good one. So, Lee said, this is with regards to all diets, you know, all these trendy diets like flexitarian and veganism. said, before you want to go vegan or paleo, just go organic. That's that's going to make more difference than any of these diets. Yeah. If you just go organic and all the food that you eat actually has the proper nutrient contents and it was raised how these fruits and veg and animals were meant to be raised, you're going to get a balanced diet and your body will just work so much better. Even your thoughts, your, your mind will work so much better. You are what you eat. So before you try any trendy diet, just try organic first and you, you'll probably be a lot better. Absolutely. So thanks, I Lee, agree. for that one. I concur. So next up, paleo. Mm. I can imagine you being a paleo, cave yeah. woman. I think this is like the more diet end that I would go to. So the paleo <laughs> is, it gets called the, the caveman diet because it's that hunter-gatherer style, only the foods which you can catch or you can you know which grow wild you would eat so you would avoid grains kind of wheat processed foods because before farming came around five ten thousand years ago you couldn't get pasta and rice it pretty much didn't exist especially in this country you couldn't it was just agriculture which brought these foods to be able to eat all year round and from other countries as well mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's a hunter-gatherer style diet so it's mainly like meat fresh like seasonal fruit and vegetables as well so basically if you're like cooking a wild caught salmon over your open fire in the garden and then you have a couple of berries afterwards for dessert that's that's paleo i think this is a really good diet actually could berries be like grapes then that could be wine then that would be my diet (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) fermented fruit which (laughs) fermented fruit diet (laughs) yeah no i think this is more my style of diet as well like Fresh, organic, wild caught stuff. Yeah, I don't eat a lot of grains actually, so that would I could easily live off that. I could easily live off a fish diet, to be honest. Mm, like a Mediterranean style. Yeah. I'm reading a, a good book at the moment called Grain Brain, and it's oh yeah, yeah, it's about how like eating a lot of grains, which are especially the, the quality of them as well, like which is really poor quality. They grow like they mass produced, and then mm. a lot of them have kind of mold and things like that, and you wouldn't really realize, but it's now starting to come out that it's a leading cause of like Alzheimer's and brain disease. You know, that kind of brain fog people have all the time. Yeah. Because they're eating like wheat, pasta, rice every day and it's just killing the brain cells and people think it's because they're tired or they, or for whatever reason, but if you just eliminate grains, you'll, you'll probably see a drastic increase. Yeah. But interesting. Yeah. The great grain brain. I've never heard the term before, but it really makes sense. So okay, kind of, that's a good one. Yeah. Brain, brain. I bet that kind of died for a while now. I still do have grains now and again, but yeah, sometimes especially pasta, I love it, but it leaves me feel, it does leave me with that brain fog kind of feeling. It's horrible. Bloatedness. I think nowadays um, there was some research done. I can't remember where it was, but there was definitely some research done that said nowadays there's been an increase in about 80% of food intolerances Mm. and people don't realize. So anything that, after you've eaten it, that leaves you feeling bloated, tired, that brain fog kind of feeling. 
Um, that's probably because you've got an intolerance to it, not like a celiac, which is a proper uh, medical term, but you know, you've just got some intolerance to it. So it's being aware of what you're eating and how your body reacts like half an hour afterwards when it's hit your digestive system. Yeah, well, obviously gluten-free has been around for 10, 15, 20 years now, or probably longer for people who are really in the know. I mean, we obviously talked about Paul Check a lot. He was recommended 30 years ago, wasn't he? Yeah. You've figured out the correlation. So most people have some intolerance or allergy. Not like like you say, it's not necessarily celiac disease, but it will have an effect. Like on, subclinical on levels of yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. It means you, your body's not running optimally. One of the first check courses I went on, it was just a weekend course. It was the coach was called Phil Lazidas. I have heard. And of he him. was saying that he he used to play football quite a lot and he had five operations on his knee. He kept getting injured and his knee was falling to pieces, all the cartilage was gone and he couldn't figure out why his knee just wouldn't, wouldn't work essentially. And then he, he learned off Paul that he was gluten intolerant, took gluten out of his diet and his knee just cleared up. It was, wow. gluten was just having such, it kind of, it becomes like an autoimmune response. It was attacking the, the fluid in the joints and things like that. So maybe if you have these like, kind of aching joints and you think it's arthritis, it could, it could be some food that you're eating, particularly grains and gluten. It just it attacks your body because it's not natural. Yeah, it's like anti-inflammatory foods, like you say, like all of that kind of stuff. It's amazing how just by altering your diet, and it's not even cutting them all out, it's just cutting it down, reducing it down, uh, can make a massive difference to to how you're feeling. And like, like you say, people don't correlate it to joint problems if you know what i mean or skin problems like mine yeah so a good way to do it is it's, it's it can be hard to identify which food it is if you don't really follow a food pattern if you just eat whatever you want on the like from day to day so do a rotation diet so if you eat say for instance pasta if you have it on the monday don't have it for four days so wait till friday before you have it again so if you have it on the monday and you you feel you've got a brain fog or you have any kind of side effects on the tuesday and the wednesday then it starts to clear up and then by Friday you think, right, I'm going to try it again. And if you get the same effect, then you know what it is. So do a rotation diet and then start eliminating the foods which you think are causing the bad effects. That's a kind of a cheap way to do it as well because you can get all these fancy tests and things. But an easy way to do it is just have the food, wait four days and then just listen to your body in between and it will work. Cool. It takes a lot of planning and a bit of persistence, but if it's going to get rid of the, the bad health effects, then it's worth it. Yeah, I would say so. Okay, have you got any others? Uh, yeah, so the one that's popular at this time of year, so kind of after Christmas, is people doing a cleanse, like a juice cleanse or a detox. Oh, yeah. Again, I mean, it speaks for itself. It's just not sustainable at all, especially if you live in England and it's minus five in January and you're just <laughs> drinking celery juice three times a day. Like, that's just not what your body craves at all, is it? No, and we've got to remember that as long as we're eating healthily all year round, your body's cleansing itself anyway. That's what your liver that's what your liver does, all your detoxification organs do, which don't ask me what they are again, Dan. The five pathways. <laughs> five pathways. Ten times in this book. <laughs> yeah. I'll not quiz you again, don't worry. Okay. So yeah, so your body's just doing that automatically. So just putting it in Matt, one of my good friends actually gave herself um a really bad nut allergy through doing a cleanse like that she on her medical notes it was like she's overdosed on almonds <laughs> and um she ended up in hospital having to have a heart restarted so it's and has, 
<laughs> she was following this like cleanse thing like you know yeah. but it was saying it's um nuts and uh, she ended up with a massive in massive anaphylactic shock so that's an example of um not eating something for all year round and then all of a sudden doing something to your body that you wouldn't normally do and you're going in to have to get your heart restarted so it's very very scary now she has to carry a pen around with her all the time and tell restaurants she's got an allergy so oh man yeah yeah like juicing is uh, we spoke about juicing before like if you can buy the, the ready-made powders and things like that which makes it a bit easier but if you're planning on doing it yourself it just gets so tedious cleaning the juicer and buying all the veg and it <laughs> yeah, gets expensive yeah. it, it kind of is if you eat like you say if you eat a pretty unhealthy diet it can be a good way to introduce kind of new vitamins and minerals and nutrition into your system, but you don't have to do it three times a day. And that's the only thing you have. Maybe just have a healthy juice once a week or twice a week. Just add it into your diet. Don't, don't make it your diet a hundred percent juice. It's just silly. Yeah. I tried that once a juice and diet. I think I only lasted about two days because I, I missed using my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny you do. You start like, oh, I need something to chew on, because like you just drink and juice all the time. It's uh, and then of course you get so hungry that you end up binging on. Yeah, you have a, a bounce back effect. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And anything that reduces anything down to a powder, any of these diet shakes, meal replacement shakes, not good. Remember mm. what happened when I had protein shakes? <laughs> I think that was just the one you bought. It was just <laughs> strange. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that ended up not being very well <laughs> so the next one we did a whole episode on this episode 29 was about fasting yeah in yes. particular intermittent intermittent fasting i think you like this as well and we've both done this successfully yeah. in the past i think out of all of them fasting is one of the one of the best ones um again for women mm, it can affect the endocrine system if not done properly and if you overuse it but as a um Every day, kind of, I use it sometimes just to get rid of the bloat. I think it's good to give your digestive system a rest every now and then. And like you said, it's more of a, a mind and meditation kind of tool as well. Um, Strengthens so your willpower as well. It does, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I absolutely think it does. So, yeah, as long as you know what you're doing with fasting, I was, I'll give it a take. Yeah. So just like a little recap of what it is. It's the most common one is intermittent fasting, which is normally you have an eight hour eating window in the day. So say for instance, you have your first meal at noon and then you can eat up until 8 PM and you don't eat for another 16 hours. That's the most common one. It doesn't have to be 12 to late. You can move it around. But yeah, I found from my experience, especially the first meal, like you look forward to food a lot more. You appreciate your food. You want to mm. eat healthier food. And in those 16 hours, which you're not eating, you, you really keep on top of your hydration. You, it's, it strengthens your willpower. And you stop being scared of being hungry. Some people, as soon as they, they get that kind of hunger pain or the belly rumbles once, that's it. They start to get hungry and they start to get annoyed. But the, after the first few days of doing it, you just that just becomes a feeling. You don't necessarily associate it with like a, a pain feeling. I always think of it as like a mental challenge. And they go away, you might get a few kind of hunger pangs, but when they go away and you think that was nothing to be scared about really. But some people, as soon as the belly rumbles, <laughs> that's it. It's like a sign they need food straight away, but yeah, you can you can survive without it, man. One of my friends, we were, I remember, I was remember laughing at this with him. We were sitting around one day, and he was like, "You know what? I've never ever felt hungry." <laughs> I bet some people, yeah, they just if they because it's so easy to get food, isn't it? 
Yeah, so easy to get food. It's like, I've never felt hungry in my life, like maybe once. <laughs> but really, we should we should experience that hungry feeling because that is a hormonal response. It's leptin and ghrelin that signal onto your brain. And if you never practice that pathway, then things get blocked, don't they? So Yeah, and intermittent fasting is like a, it's an easy way to do that because you know you're still going to get your food. You just have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, and it it's, it sets off a whole chain reaction of good things as well when that response goes through the into the brain. Yeah, so that's yeah. There's there's a few ones which kind of really which I like. So intermittent fasting, I like probably paleo and keto. That's probably kind of what a mix of what I would eat. So there's like a few of them are good, but for other people, they might not work. Some people, if they try intermittent fasting, they might get so hungry they might be a nightmare to be around. <laughs> might not work for you, but you might want to try it. So yeah, I've I've. Done, I've giving it to a few of my clients to try and at first they're all like oh i couldn't do it on my breakfast i'll die and i'm like right you're not gonna die if <laughs> yeah. you miss one meal and then um actually when they try it it's like actually it was quite easy you know if you keep yourself busy you don't even remember you don't even realize yeah being being busy is like a good take your mind off it there's a good way to do it yeah okay so any more there's just a few crazy ones i want to mention not going to kind of speak about them but there's been some daft ones in the, like the cabbage soup diet. Have you heard of that? Where people don't eat. Yeah, one of my clients soup. swears by the cabbage soup diet. I mean, God, even saying <laughs> it's it. It's a bit 1980s. Silly, it? <laughs> yeah. There was, well, this was kind of in the 1800s. There was the cotton ball diet where to stop people <laughs> eating, they would they would get a cotton ball and they would dip it in like maybe orange juice and then, just, and they would swallow the cotton ball. So you get that full feeling and you get a little bit of taste in your mouth. But I mean, that's just so... Block your innards up. Yeah, exactly. It obviously didn't last long. Um, the baby food diet, where people just eat jars of baby food. Uh, yes, I've, yes, I've heard of that one. Yeah. And believe it or not, there was someone who did a tapeworm diet. I've always thought about the tapeworm diet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> did someone actually do that? Yeah, well, people did it, yeah. And then swallow a baby tapeworm or an egg, and then it hatches, and then it obviously grows in your, in your intestines. But... Getting yeah. it back out again, that's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you'd still be hungry, though, technically, because the tapeworm would be taking all the food. Well, yeah, probably, but I think you just not be that ill, you start to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you one that I've tried once. I can't believe I even did this. So the um, olive oil diet, where you drank a cup of olive oil <laughs> every morning. <laughs> yeah, nice. I did that. I lasted about a day with that one. Um <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've done quite a few, actually. I've tried a few in my time, but I always go back to the, you know, when you're daft and you're young, you try all these things, don't you? But but that should bring us to our final kind of closing point, which is what you should do. So we've mentioned the rotation diet, which which is really good. So rotate your foods, kind of keep track of what you eat. That's, that's a good way to kind of find what works for you. But intuitive eating, so listen to the physical signs that your body is giving you. We just mm. ignore, we eat and then we ignore. So intuitive eating, it could change from day to day, from season to season, from year to year. Your body craves different things. Babies and toddlers do this a lot more kind of naturally. You notice toddlers and babies, when they're full, they'll just stop eating. Whereas mm. we eat for taste, don't we? And the then push, push sign from the first patterns you learn. Yeah. So it's to push food away. It's just all intuition. They know that they're full and they, they don't want any more. But then when we get older, we do it for taste and we've been marketed to and we get into that diet culture don't we but if we get back to intuitive eating and just get back to the way our bodies are designed to work you might go from one day intermittent fasting 
to a week later, you might be eating a paleo diet because your body might change even from day to day. So I've been to the gym today and I've lifted heavy weights. I'll be craving more kind of protein, more meat based. If I went to having a vegan diet and I just go to the gym and do the deadlift workout and then I go vegan, I'm just going to feel irritable because I haven't had that protein intake and I haven't had the calories back in to build the muscle back up. So if if you're too rigid with one system, it's probably not going to work long term unless your willpower is through the roof. But if you get back to intuitive eating, it's, it's, it's definitely the way to go. Uh, I agree. I've got a couple of um, pointers for my top to-do list of foods. Organic, obviously, or local um, is top of the list. But um, there's a few rules that you should apply. Yes, intuitive eating, absolutely. Um, main points are you should eat the correct amount of calories for your day like you've just been saying if you go to the gym you've obviously burned more calories so then you need to replace those calories because there is some basic physics around losing weight and a calorie deficit so um often although i'm not a big fan of calorie counting i do think it's good to recalibrate yourself every now and then just to know how many calories is, are in things and there's some really good trackers that you can use like my fitness pal to do that just to maybe do it for a week so that you can see where your calories are and that you're eating enough. That's what I find that people don't do. So you can work out your total daily energy expenditure. Obviously that will change. If you're on a weekend and you're watching Netflix, you're not burning as much energy as say on a Monday when you're running around, running after the kids, going to work, going to the gym, you need more energy on those days. Um, If you don't get enough energy in, and this is what a lot of women, what happens to a lot of women, it's called low energy availability, LEA, and it can cause things like fatigue, joint pain, um, bad skin, bad hair, um, all of that kind of stuff that we would probably say was uh, menopausal, gluten intolerances, all that stuff. It can just be that you're not getting enough calories in. You have to have the calories, especially if you want to build muscle. Another thing is look after your gut health. So you need to have a lot of unprocessed foods, a lot a rainbow, eat the rainbow, have you heard that before? Um, to keep your gut healthy because a happy gut is a happy hormonal system because that's where your hormones are made in the gut. Um, I'm going on a right rant here, Anna. Eat, eat the rainbow is good. So I'll just, you know, I'm just looking at this recently, actually. I've known it for a while, but so if people don't know what eat the rainbow is, it's just foods just come in colours of... The, the rainbow so but if you just eat bland foods you know when i always think this you know when you go to like a party and have a buffet out all the foods oh, just beige. that that beige like my dead, son only eats beige dead color, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah so it correlates to the the chakra system as well yeah so the first one the root chakra will be red so all red foods would be tomatoes strawberries there's millions of them then you would go to yellow foods so like in a yellow bell peppers bananas the next one would be orange. You've got oranges, carrots, green. I mean, all green vegetables. Then you get blue, which would like blueberries and there's some kind of seasonal. Uh, Aubergines, do they oh, come yeah, as blue? Yeah, I think a blue food purple? is purple. Yeah, <laughs> but then there's purple as well, which is close. You can get like you can get purple carrots, you can get purple sweet potatoes, yeah. aubergines. So if you eat the rainbow, get a nice all these different foods, different colours. If you get really get the hippie style they correlate with different chakras and they vibrate at different frequencies but they also contain different minerals and vitamins and things like that and especially if you go organic you can fill in the gaps essentially you think if people say they don't like vegetables but they just eat all these beige foods you're missing out on so much nutrition true okay um i'll carry on with my rant 
cut out high inflammatory foods so we've already said that like gluten and, and kind of been aware of what like i know that red wine sets my skin off can you tell what i was doing last night yes look at that skin red i was on the wine so yeah i know that i'm gonna have a massive inflammatory response to that so i usually do it on friday then i can recover by the weekend <laughs> so on monday i look all right um eat real food just eat real food that is jerf isn't it just eat real food uh, food intolerances we've already talked about to beat the bloat and this is a good one this is something I've started doing lately say thank you to your food and I know it sounds a bit hippie-ish and a bit woo but actually appreciating where your food came from and being grateful that you have food <laughs> yeah you should do a, a food prayer like Paul does yeah we yeah. once on were you there on HLC one or two when we in the restaurant we all did the food prayer or was that <laughs> no. when I did it oh, right. so <laughs> at this I can't remember which course it was but we all went to the Italian restaurant in the, what was it? I can't remember what it's called. We used to go there every night or whatever. But yeah. on the Saturday night, there was like 15 of us around the table. And we'd just been learning about in the manual, the, like you said, you say thanks to your food and you do a food, um, a food prayer. Mm-hmm. So everyone sat around the table with their hands over the food. And we all said a food prayer. <laughs> there was like another 50 people in the restaurant just looking like, what the hell? Are people <laughs> but it was quite funny. It was kind of cool. But, um, yeah, we should put Paul as a, a little transcript of what he says to his food every oh, day. Should, should we do that? Like, you're going to be a proper hippie. You can do I, it. I actually think, yeah, you should appreciate where you've, rather than just down on it and thinking, oh, this has come from a factory, think about where it's come from and appreciate it and say thank you to the animal. Because doesn't it give that thing where thank you to the animal for giving me the energy to do good in the world? So this animal is now contributing to the world because I'm going to go forth and use my energy to do good work. Yeah, and you said you said that if if it was a wild-caught animal, then great, you're, you're going to get the benefits as well because it was a healthy animal. But what mm. people might say, I had this question as well, well, what if that animal was just raised in a factory and it lived a, a horrible life? Well, then kind of say to that male or that animal, say, well, I'm sorry you lived a shit life, but now you're going to be part of me and yeah. we're going to go out there and try and stop that and try and make the world a healthier place. So take that negative and use it as a positive. Yeah. And I think if you actually think about the food that you're doing, that is going to become you. That is Absolutely, going... yeah. So do you want to crap and that's what you will become? <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Does it take 90 days to rebuild every single red blood cell in your body? Yeah. Is it a year to build every bone again in your body? So from what you eat today in 90 days, that's what your body is going to be made of. Imagine if you sat and if you just, for every meal from now until 90 days time, you eat crap, you're going to feel like crap and look like crap as well. Mm. You literally are what you eat. You kind of get away from that. Yeah, you can't. So yeah, so that was, um, that was good. (laughs) Yeah, like you said, it is a bit confusing for people who aren't into the kind of health and fitness industry or because there's so many diets out there and there's so much new stuff coming out all the time. If you can take any main points, like you said, eat organic, intuitive eating and just cut the crap out. And we didn't mention stay hydrated. I know you don't mm. think it's hydration is diet, but it is. That's, that's more important than any food. So stay hydrated, organic, cut the crap. Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh, and you know what? Like when you see the next diet come out, it's marketing over science. Absolutely, one hundred percent. 
because even the, the ketogenic diets, the latest one, the last couple of years, there's already exogenous ketones, keto bars. It's just markets yeah. just catch on and ruin everything. Yeah, they do. They do. And then you've got to think about the sustainability of it for you. Can you live your life like that? Cutting out food groups and stuff like that? Probably yeah. not. You're probably having some long term effects, much of which hasn't been researched. And a good point you said at the start, like when you see someone you haven't seen for a while and they've lost loads of weight and they're like, oh, I was doing the, the cabbage soup on Tuesday's diet. That don't take other people's results. That's going to happen to you. Okay. And marketers and things normally only show you the, the good results. They don't show you the bad or the long term. Very good, Dan. All right. That's a wrap on that one. That is a wrap. So, so what's going on with you? This week, I know the last episode, we talked about you releasing books and learning with Michael King again. Yeah, so I um, finished my course with Michael, so reformer. Now I've got to do all the coursework, so I'm using my husband as a guinea pig. I am slowly converting him into a Pilates boy. Um, I love the reformer, honestly. It's like the best thing. You're going to have to come over and have a go on it when you can. Um, and I'll kick your ass instead of you kicking mine. And it's it's really good. I love it. So yeah, so my book, yes, it's all going well. That's still available on my website, as always. And um, yeah, just, you know, you've got to keep yourself busy, haven't you, during these lockdown times, I find. Oh, yeah. Like me, I'm living the furlough life. I'm just, I, know. I think I'm just starting to make up tasks just to do now. <laughs> <laughs> living the furlough life. I yeah, like I'm going it. to learn, learn a new language or something. <laughs> you should do. We should do the podcast in Mandarin or something next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I know it's hard, but we have got as well, we've got Michael King's going to come on our website, on our podcast as well. So that's exciting for the future. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Yeah. We've got things to look forward to. So, um, yes, you're not doing your kitchen workouts this kitchen time. Kitchen workouts are not, <laughs> not happening. My kitchen is now officially your kitchen for the long term. Yeah, I don't blame you. I find that this lockdown has been really hard. It's like, you know, the first one where everyone was like, I've got to have loads of time. I'm going to learn a new language and bake banana bread this time it's just like oh god let's just get on with it <laughs> yeah and I remember in the first lockdown I said it everyone said it oh at least it didn't happen in winter you remember saying that at yeah. least this hasn't happened in winter because it would be terrible <laughs> comes around middle of winter lockdown yeah it's a different vibe isn't it <laughs> but you've got to stay positive through it all and hopefully that will get out of this soon yeah be grateful yeah be grateful okay guys um Thank you for listening. We'll see you again soon for another episode.